Hey there, I'm Aldonado. From HuffPost Canada, you're listening to Born and Raised, a podcast about children of immigrants living in Canada. Bonjour, hi, hello, hello, well, what a year it's been since our last season. Or maybe it's been 10 years. Kind of hard to tell when time is an illusion and 2020 somehow still isn't over. It really does remind me of trying to end phone calls with family. It's just impossible. Right off the bat, I do want to say I hope you, yes, you, the human being listening to this pod, are taking care of yourself right now. It's rough out there and now it's also cold outside. I hope your family and your loved ones are doing well and that, all things considered, you're able to hold onto what nourishes you during these times. What makes you feel at home, you know? And home is exactly what season three of our show is all about. The Born and Raised team is hard at work right now, cooking up episodes on what home means to second-generation Canadians and their families. Since we're making this show from home, expect a slightly different format. Audio-wise, we'll be working with different recording situations that aren't professional studios, so here's some variety in sound quality. A bonus of the format change, Alicia Sani, who co-hosted last season, is back, and we'll take turns sharing stories from our awesome guests. Now, for a lot of people, traditions are what has comforted them through the pandemic, and it's sort of why you're getting this Halloween special from us. Halloween is my favorite holiday. I just love how spooky and playful it is. Celebrating Halloween at home has meant I've spent a lot of time marathoning horror movies, devouring urban legends online, playing murder mystery video games like Among Us, and basically doing anything I can to scare myself. There's just something so relieving and cathartic about being afraid of something that's maybe not actually there versus a very real horror show that is 2020. So I figured, hey, why not call my mom up? See if she can scare me with a ghost story from back home. Do you like ghost stories, Ma? No, not really. I'm not interested in ghost stories. <laughs> I think my, my mom and my siblings, they've seen this uh, ghost. Oh my God. They were saying that they have a... Uh, so I don't want to talk about it in the evening. I'm, I'm alone here. <laughs> okay, change of plans. Instead, I found a first-generation Filipino who was happy to terrify me. I got in touch with artist and lover of the supernatural, Motsi Dapple. Motsi's starting up a fiction podcast called Hi Nai. It delves into the story of a Filipino immigrant living in Toronto who faces off supernatural forces. Okay, so Matsi, thank you so much for being on the show. My understanding of Filipino folklore is super limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, my nana did not want to scare me as a kid, so she wouldn't tell me the full gamut of uh, the Filipino folklore pantheon. So I only know about the Mananangal, mm-hmm. who is this lady, from what I know, she flies around, she's sort of a vampire, she's cut in half, so it's only her torso, and she eats... Babies, maybe? Yes, yes, you got the basics down for sure. Yeah. And the Aswan, who I I genuinely think is real, is mm-hmm. um someone who's also a lady, also sort of a vampire. And apparently, from what I've been told as a kid, she will never come to Canada because they're afraid of salt water. <laughs> yeah, that's actually yeah, that's a good point. 
Um, I think the distance might be part of it too, but for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the saltwater thing actually might have some merit there. Really? Because um, I don't know. I don't know that they can cross large bodies of water. Ah. That's my that's my belief. There's actually a basis in the idea that Aswang stories became very popular and relevant because of the CIA. Please explain. There were these rebels in the mountain, and these rebels would be found their blood um, drained from them. And immediately you're like, oh no, it's Aswang, it's creatures. That's how the stories were. But honestly, there was a lot of proof that it was being done by CIA operatives. So the idea is that not only are Aswang monsters that we believe in for real, they are also representative of the things that have been harming us. Can you tell me where you learned about the supernatural from? So growing up, um, I think a lot of it would have been from my mom. Um, even though at the time I wasn't aware that it was unusual. Like a lot of superstitions I kind of just took as part of my daily routine. There was also in about grade school and high school, I started really getting into mythology just because I was always in the library and reading books. And I found out about these comics that were being made by some older comic book artists and writers that were focused on Philippine mythology. So I got into those, I was super into them, I met the creators at these really tiny conventions and our shared love of Filipino mythology kind of like drove me to start researching more, to start doing more and start making my own stuff. So speaking about the aspect of folklore that interests you as a creator, could you tell me about Hainai? Can you give me a bit of a backstory? Hainai is something I worked on inspired by other supernatural podcasts, but I wanted to give it its own Filipino flair. And um, the story is about a Filipino immigrant named Mari. And Mari gets accidentally involved with some supernatural happenings in Toronto. But I couldn't see a thing in that black box behind the door. All I could do was hear her. Her desperate, gasping screams and the sound of stumbling footsteps. One of my inspirations for this podcast is the idea that in a lot of horror, there are people of color who get relegated to the the mystical exposition dumps. They appear, yeah. they tell you what it is, they tell you how to stop it, and then they disappear. I wanted to make a story where the mystical POC is the main character. I caught Laura when she all but crashed into me, dragging her into my room and locking my door. A nice, solid deadbolt that I suspected wouldn't stand against whatever this thing was. But it gave me enough time to grab what I could. Salt, spices, vinegar, candles, and whatever religious iconography I could grab from my little altar near the door. Then... Then the knocking started. Well... I say knocking, but it'd be more accurate to say it was throwing itself against the door. (laughs) And obviously I wanted to incorporate creatures of the Philippine mythology, as well as just general ghost stories that I enjoy uh, researching about the old city of Toronto. Why Toronto? Because I think it'd be so easy to set this in the Philippines, right? Or to set this anywhere else. Why the city? I wanted to get a lot of people involved in the series. And a lot of them are people I met here in Toronto. 
uh, who aren't necessarily Filipino, but our whole, our almost our entire main cast, sounds a few people, are people of color. And I wanted to make it a POC-led uh, podcast. But at the same time, I also wanted it to be an excuse to explore Toronto at first. Unfortunately, it's very difficult to do that right now, but it is something where a lot of the old um, buildings in Toronto have always fascinated me. We've talked a lot about ghost stories and legends uh, and what they kind of meant to people back in the day. But why do you think they have such staying power now? So I think um, two things that people love about ghost stories the most is one, there's fun. It's fun to share ghost stories. You know, it's fun to come together, be a community and then tell a scary story and have people be excited and scared. And the other thing is that everyone has a ghost story on some level. Any human being will have a moment in their lives that was somewhat inexplicable, somewhat scary, or um, just something you think would be fun to share. And I do think that people have held on to the supernatural. One, because it is a straight line into our pre-colonial culture. I think a lot of the beliefs we have, um, even if they are very Catholicized, um, are things that we carried on from way before the Catholic uh, Catholic Church ever came to the Philippines. It is also like a way we can express our queerness, our strangeness. Horror has always been a place where a lot of queerness and a lot of people who feel like they don't belong anywhere can feel like they belong. And I think that add to that the aspect of celebrating our own culture, add to that this new interest in discovering and constructing a history that we lost over time because of all the colonization, because of all the um, imperialism. I think that all these stories are important to us because it drives our need to remember our identities as people. I didn't think of how important they could be until I became more disconnected to my own country, at which point I started like gathering all the things that I can hold on to to make sure that I don't lose my identity as a Filipino. And I think that's an aspect of a lot of youths right now, trying to make sure that our culture is carried through even when imperialistic forces are trying to take it away from us. Do you have any advice for Canadian-born children of immigrants who, you know, they want to dig a little deeper into their own cultural folklore? They're, they're interested, but they don't know where to start. I think that it, you're on the right track when you're looking at clothing, um, you're looking at foods, you're looking at the different things that are easy to find as you go on Google, um, in groups where people are celebrating their own culture. But I think one of the things that people overlook is looking at what the concerns of the country are today. I think uh, you have to connect to a lot of activists who are very um, vocal online. You have to see what they care about because our culture is tied to the concerns of our country. And you have to understand that the reason you may have immigrated or your parents may have immigrated is connected to the issues that are happening right now. Matsi, thank you so much for being on Born and Raised. Where can we find you and where can we find your amazing podcast? You can find the Hainai Pod on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Hainai Pod, H-I-N-A-Y-P-O-D. And you can find me by Googling my name because I'm the only Matsi Dapple in the world. It's uh, <laughs> M-O-T-Z-I-E and D-A-P-U-L. I just know I'm going to have nightmares about the Aswan tonight. Whew. If you're curious, by the way, about that CIA anecdote Motsi shared, we'll link to it on our episode page at HuffPost.ca. 
Now listen, you can't have a Halloween episode without including a haunted house. We're clearing out the skeletons in our closet with a story from a cartoonist named Jason Liu. He's spent years chilled to the bone by the paranormal shenanigans in his childhood home. And just so you know, there is some coarse language up ahead. My name is Jason Liu, and I'm from Toronto, Ontario. And my parents are both from Indonesia, and also there'd be my my grandparents, Hong Kong and, and Ma. I was about seven and a half when my parents, my grandparents, and I moved from Brampton, Ontario to a new house in Mississauga. I believe I've experienced some paranormal activity in the house ever since we've moved in and well into my 20s. So I started hearing voices in my house when I was mm, around seven and a half when we moved in. I remember hearing my name being called and asking like, my mom or dad if they called me and they're like no we didn't call you and i was like someone call my name and i was also went to ghostbusters at the time too so i thought like what if the possibility was a ghost was calling me i would be in my room and the door my door which is closed would open just sitting on my bed watching TV and my bed shifts by like two inches and I'm like okay um, there's no construction going on things started to get more active after uh, like when I was in college and, and, and even like after that when I was graduating uh, and uh, still living with my parents up to the age of 25, S- actually seeing apparitions after waking up. The ghosts look like three old white ladies just laughing at me, which freaked me out. Like, my first reaction was, like, cursing out loud, going, like, oh, shit, what the fuck, shit! Reaching, reaching for my... The, the lamp by my bed as like the ghosts just fade away I saw a shadow of a man like over me as if there was someone behind me just peering over me and blocking the light I asked my dad just to be sure like dad were you downstairs checking up on me he was like no my parents didn't believe any of the th- scary things that I've encountered in that house if they did acknowledge that like yeah Jason you're right like maybe you are experiencing some paranormal activities and I would be like uh can you continue to sleep in the same bed as me or like just just watch me sleep (laughs) there was one last incident that I can recall very strongly it happened in my like mid twenties, uh, and then so there was this one night where uh, I'm watching TV in my room, and 
I can hear my my grandmother ma uh, is what we say in, in uh, Indonesian. It sounded like she was like having a, a long distance phone call conversation where like you know when you're on a long distance phone call like you talk louder than you should. So like oh okay like Mutt's probably talking to a relative in, in, in Indonesia because it's probably daytime. Because it, it was it was nighttime here. Uh, then I can hear like the voice of a man speaking in Indonesian. My dad is like deep sleep in his bed, snoring. I'm like, okay, wait, who is that man that he's speaking to? Uh, and then I call my mom. I'm like, mom, who's my speaking to? And my my mom comes up, listens to uh, what my grandma is saying, and she's like, I don't know. And we both check the phone. And like, there's no one on the phone. So it's like, okay, she's not having a phone call, but it sounds like she's having a very casual conversation with someone. So the next morning, we're in the kitchen and I'm having breakfast and Ma comes downstairs. My mom asks Ma, who were you uh, talking to yesterday? And my grandma was me talking to who oh it's talking to no one i was like do, do you remember like what were you you were talking about and ma was like no I, I i was not talking when my grandma left the room i was like mom you heard the other voice right the voice of like the indonesian man my mom would not confirm that but she did say to me, Jason, uh, don't show the ghosts that you're afraid or else they'll be stronger. <laughs> yeah, she, she, you've acknowledged that there's something happening in this house. Even though my house was haunted, I wouldn't say... It was a constant nightmare. Ghosts aside, I'd say I had a pretty normal childhood. My family was really close, even though my parents worked a lot. My dad worked the day shift, 9 to 5, and my mom worked the night shift, which was like 5 to 1 o'clock. My grandmother, she was very caring. You know, Mutt would prepare dinner for me at times. We treated each other like friendly roommates. Yeah, there was times where, like, she even, like, gets my jokes. I mean, to me, like, living with my parents, living with your grandparents is one of those things that makes it unique to be living in an in a immigrant family. I've come to a certain conclusion that maybe the voice of that, that Mutt was talking to might have been a Kong, my, my grandfather. My grandfather was, uh, we would play jokes at each other. I, I do remember my grandfather's hearty laughs whenever he got me uh, <laughs> with, with a prank. 
He's like, ha, 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 ha. Sometime, like, in the evening, back in, like, 1991, he passed away. So I was seven and a half at the time. I had a hard time understanding that. Mutt was devastated when Akong died. Maybe the voice that, that Mutt was talking to might have been Akong, my, my grandfather. Uh, and maybe those times where I've seen that shadow of that man who looked almost like a shadow of my dad because my my because Akong and my dad almost had like the same haircut um and and maybe like at the times where like my door would open like checking up on me like I think that might have been Akong like I haven't encountered anything for a long while in that house knowing that it could have been Akong the whole time um it kind of, it actually put me more at ease that there's someone watching Ma and <laughs> most of the time and, and then watching me. There might be many ghosts in that house, but I know one of them is Hong Kong. Late last year, she finally moved to a, a long-term care home I haven't had much communication with my grandmother because of the pandemic restrictions the the home became a bit more lenient with the rules where I got to see my my grandma in person following the guidelines her seeing me like just started bawling and crying because it's been a long time since like, you know, months since she hasn't seen me. And I was like, come on, Ma, Ma, don't cry, don't cry, Ma. Like, we only have like 45 minutes, Ma, let's not cry, let's be happy here. Yeah, we, we, we try to make the best out of it uh, and, and, and just do some catch up. And that's our show. I'm your host, Al Donato. This Halloween special of Born and Raised was produced by me and Lisa Young. Additional production work courtesy of Natara Jimenez. Special thanks to our spooky guests, Motsi Dapol and Jason Liu. To learn more about them and their stories, we'll have all those details along with photos, links, show notes, and a transcript of the episode on HuffPost.ca. And thank you for sticking around. Stay tuned for Season 3.